Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Christian Weekly. I am your host, Patrick Dorrance, and it has been a week since the first episode went up. And I gotta say, I was really happy with the turnout, and I hope you guys were happy with it, too. I mean, you know, it was a small audience size, but I really do appreciate even just a couple of views. It really does mean a lot. So, without further ado, to this week, we are going to be talking about the Bible. This is part two of the first episode, the Bible. And last week, I went over what the Bible is, what is it, what is it composed of, and, you know, what kind of a Bible should Christian be reading. I went a little bit over that, so this today, I'm going to be talking about the Old Testament. So, if you are new to this and you don't know a whole lot about Christianity or the Bible, so you're probably wondering, what's the Old Testament? Well, you see, as I stated in the last episode, the Bible is comp- compiled of many books, both all of them divided into two halves. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. So I'm going to be focusing, like I said, on the Old Testament today. So what is the Old Testament? The Old Testament is essentially the half of the Bible that tells us the history of Israel and everything that happened before Christ started his earthly ministry over in the Middle Eastern area. Um, it does. It gives a pretty good background of Jewish history and how it all how it all started. Um, so it's broken down into a couple different sections itself. Um, first section I want to talk about is the Pentateuch or also called the Law or Torah. And this essentially was the start of the earth, how everything came to be, um, the Israelites, their formation, how they came about, um, their them going into Egypt, being enslaved in Egypt, and eventually being set free by Moses. And if you don't know who Moses is, I will get to that in a little bit. So the first five books of the Bible, Pentateuch, Law, or Torah, consists of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Now, Genesis goes into detail explaining how the earth started. So, in Christian history, the earth started out as basically nothing. There was nothing. There was only God. There was no heaven. There was no hell. There was no earth. Just God. He was just there. And Almost all Christian branches of Christianity do not talk about, you know, how God came to be. He was just there. Um, As far as I know, the one exception to this would be the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but I'm not going to talk about that. That's honestly going to be on a later episode when I cover Christian denominations. But, so for most Christian branches, whether you're Catholic, Lutheran, Baptist, Presbyterian, Anabaptist, God was just there. He had no beginning, he will have no end, he was just there. And Genesis starts off with the creation of the world, essentially. God created it in six days, and he rested on the seventh. And within those days, he created, obviously he created the earth, but he also created water, land, animals, plants, day and night. He created the whole universe within six days. And then he also created man and woman. And on, on the seventh day, he rested. And Genesis also covers the fall of man, which was Adam and Eve. If you don't know who they are, they are the first two human beings to ever exist on the earth. 
and the fall of man was was that the world was sinless at that point in time. Now, God told them, you know, you can eat from whatever tree or plant in the Garden of Eden that you want. Now, the Garden of Eden was this beautiful place where Adam and Eve had lived. And they were told, you know, you can eat of any tree in the garden except for one, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That was strictly forbidden. Well, not that hard of a rule to follow, right? You don't just don't eat the fruit of the tree. People say it was an apple. Yeah, we don't know. It just, just says fruit. I don't really know how apple came into it. Could have been an orange. Could have been a banana. Could have been a kumquat. Could have been a coconut. Nobody knows. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they were told, don't eat the fruit from that tree. Well, they didn't. Until Satan came around. Now, Satan is mentioned a little bit later on. I don't believe he is really... His backstory is mentioned in the Pentateuch. I think that's talked about more, I believe, in the historical books, but I'll get, I'll talk about them in a second. Um, now, for you, those of you who don't know, Satan is the devil. Uh, he, his name was Lucifer. Now, Lucifer in Christian history was, I believe he was the most beautiful of the angels, and I think he was at some point in time, God's favorite. But then he essentially wanted to be above God. He wanted to be God. So he led a rebellion and obviously lost. So uh, God created hell. Now, hell was never intended for human beings. It was never intended for us. That was strictly intended for Satan and his followers. It was never intended for humans. Now, obviously, that ended up not happening because Satan, taking the form of a serpent, tempted Eve into eating that fruit, which she did, and then offered it to Adam, and guess what? Surprise, surprise, he took a bite. So then they immediately realized everything that was going on. And the first thing that gave it away to God, because they tried hiding from God, and God came down and found them. He's like, why are you hiding? And they had clothed themselves. Now, they were not clothed to begin with. They were naked. And they said that we were naked, so we clothed ourselves. And they hid from God. Now, that was an immediate point of like, oh, y'all did something. And he's like, you ate from the tree. And essentially, they were banned from the garden. Um, and as far as I know, to this day, nobody knows where it is. I mean, people have had ideas, archaeological ideas, but no one really knows. There's been a lot of archaeological discovery to back up Christianity, but no one, I don't think anybody really knows about the Garden of Eden. It very well could have been gone a long time ago, but that's besides the point. Um, so they were cast out of the garden, and they were forced to survive on their own. Well, then they had, so that was the, uh, the first sin, was them eating that apple. And, you know, God saw the serpent, and after that, he's like, you're going to crawl on your belly for the rest of your life and eat dust. So, today we have the snake. So, there's that. Um, I think that's pretty just punishment. He's going to get on the ground like that. But, anyway. So, then they ended up, you know, being cast out. And they had two sons, Cain and Abel. I think there might have been a third. I don't remember. And we all know the story of Cain and Abel. Cain killed Abel. 
And that's really, after the fall of man, after that first original sin, that is when sin entered the world. Now, now when we are born, we are born with original sin. Because we all stem from one way or another from Adam. Adam's sin is ours. Good thing is, though, Jesus came along. And, you know, we're saved by that. His death and atonement made up for that. That's, you know, that's how we can now be one with God again. But anyway, so then later on in Genesis, you have Jacob. Now, God names Jacob Israel because he's going to be the father of this whole new nation. Now, he had 12 sons. I I do not remember all of their names, and I probably should have written it down. But those 12 sons, I know there was Judah, Levi, there were more, obviously, but I don't remember all their names. Shame on me. But those how you, that's how you got the 12 tribes of Israel, named after those 12 sons. And now, you know the story of Joseph and the coat of many colors. Those are his brothers. And if you recognize the story, he is uh, betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery into Egypt. He eventually becomes very powerful in Egypt for interpreting dreams. And so he ends up um, inviting his family, actually, to stay in Egypt with him all. His father, his mother, his half-brothers, their families. So that's essentially how the Israelites even got into Egypt. That's how they got there. And they were cool there for a while until later on, who were pharaohs were like, okay, this could be an issue because they were afraid of being overpowered. Because, you know, in Egyptian culture, I believe pharaoh is technically, to them, a god. Now, that's obviously not true, but they regarded him as a god and they did not want their king being overpowered. So what happened? Israelites are enslaved. And they're like that for a very, very long time. And so Moses, who was uh, actually cast out in a reed basket by his mother to protect him because Egyptian soldiers were going around killing newborns. So he was put into a reed basket, pushed down the river, and uh, he was found by, I believe it was Pharaoh's daughter. He was taken in, and actually was an adopted son of Pharaoh. Might have been Pharaoh's wife then. I might have been mistaken. But, you know, he grew up believing he was an Egyptian. He was a prince. So he found out he had a brother and a sister who were Hebrew slaves, Israelites. And that one thing led to another. And he realized, I am not an Egyptian. I am called by God to set my people free. So... Then we have the the plagues of Egypt that Moses brought down for God. God had him as his messenger, essentially his uh, way of making the Egyptians know we're not playing around. So eventually the Israelites are freed after uh, Pharaoh's son is killed. The final plague was that God would go throughout the land of Egypt, and if a door was not coated in lamb's blood, he would go on a kill. Now, Lamb's blood was a way of letting God know, do not come. Now, obviously, only the 
Israelites knew that. Egyptians didn't. And it was firstborn sons. And Pharaoh had a firstborn son, so you probably know where that went and what happened there. So he lets them all go because he doesn't want any more happening. Well, then he changed his mind. And so Pharaoh and his troops, you know, chased them down and they got to the Red Sea. Now, they were probably wondering, you know, how do we get across? Well, easy enough. God told Moses, plunge your staff into the sea, and he parted it. And they were able to get through, get to the promised land. And that that's really how this whole thing started with the Israelites getting to that promised land. Now we now know today as Israel. So that so Genesis through Deuteronomy is kind of the start of how this all happened. Um, it's the first acknowledged scripture by Hebrews at the point in time. And a lot of it is often ascribed to Moses. He was a key figure there, you know, the Ten Commandments, the law. That's how that all started. And then we have the historical books. So those books are made up of Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. So those books are basically telling the story and the history of Israel before the coming of Christ. So you have stories like David and Goliath, Samson, um, Daniel in the lion's den, um, Nebuchadnezzar, the guys in the furnace. I don't remember their names, and I should. But that essentially goes through the entire history. King David, how he came to power. You know, Samson and the Philistines. They tell the history of Israel, hence the name historical books. And so after the historical books, we move into poetic and wisdom writings. That consists of Book of Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. Now, some Bibles will say Song of Solomon, some will say Song of Songs. Others, and I have not seen a Bible that says it this way, Canticle of Canticles. Now, excuse me, it's all the same thing, just under a different name. So, Song of Solomon is equal to Song of Songs is equal to Canticle of Canticles. They're the same thing. And a lot of these are rooted in the fear of God. Now, if you are not Christian, you're probably wondering, well, why would someone be afraid of God? Why would we fear him? Aren't we supposed to be loved by him? Well, yes, a lot of Old Testament writers and prophets talked about God's love for us. But we also have to have a fear of God. Why do we need to have a fear of God, per se? Well, fear of God ultimately means being obedient and following his commands, like the Ten Commandments, for example. And a lot of things in the Old Testament Really, we can't put towards a Christian lifestyle simply because the Old Testament was mostly for the Jewish people. Now, obviously, there are things that Jesus spoke of from the Old Testament that we hold on to as Christians, like the Ten Commandments. But not everything stayed. Essentially, when Jesus was crucified and atoned for our sins, that essentially freed us from the old law. So the Jewish people are not allowed to eat pork because it is considered unclean or shellfish for example um 
Christians have been freed from that law, so we can we can eat that stuff, which is good because I bacon's awesome and I like shrimp a lot. So, so yeah, thank you Jesus for that. Um, but anyway, having fear in God essentially just means obedience and following those commands that He has given us. And really, once you have that fear and you're obeying Him, you ultimately start to feel that love because we. Because let's face it, okay, take it for a parent, for example. A parent will have rules that you have to obey. Why? Because they know what's best for you and they love you. You know, I had a lot of rules that I was supposed to follow when I was growing up. And, you know, looking at it now, when I was younger, obviously, I think they're unfair. But looking at them now, my parents knew, knew what's best for me. And that's why they had those rules in place. You know, you're little and you don't like your early bedtime. Well. Trust me, once you get older and you're staying up to one in the morning, which I I am a I do that a lot and I shouldn't considering my work schedule. <laughs> but no, trust me, once you're older, you are going to appreciate those curfews your parents gave you when you were little. Because trust me, they're worth it. And they, your parents know best, kids. Obey your father and your mother. So then we move from poetic and wisdom writings to the major prophets. That consists of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And then after that, you have the minor prophets. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Now, a lot of people will look at those and wonder, well, why are some considered minor and why are some considered major? Well, it's not because that you know one group was particularly better than the other. These prophets, they were all of equal purpose and cause. They were all doing what God called them. And anything God tells us to do is equal in some sense. You know, if God calls you to go help that old lady down the street, that's just as good as God telling you, you're going to go prophesy this. So it doesn't really matter what God tells you to do. It's all the same good. So the reason why they're differentiated as major and minor is the amount of writing they have. Minor prophets, their books in the Bible have significantly less material in them as compared to major prophets. Like the book of Isaiah is a good size. Obviously not as big as Psalms. Psalms is, I do believe, the biggest book in the Bible. Actually, yeah, it is. Um, But yeah, no. They're differentiated specifically because of material amount. So major prophets just wrote more than the minor prophets, but they all did the same thing. They all had the same purpose. That's, you know, they were prophets, you know. They all did the same job. And a lot of that information I've just read off to you guys is from uh, www.cbn.com, Christian Broadcast Network. Um, go check out their website. It's a great website. Lots of good material. It's definitely one I recommend. So, without f- further ado, we have a couple minutes left. Um, I did. I got through that a lot quicker than I thought I would have, which is kind of disappointing. Um, because I wanted to keep talking a little bit more about it, but I'm I'm done. So, with that being said, um, I do have a schedule kind of written up for. The next couple days. Um, so this is part two of episode one. Part three of episode one will be airing next week, October twenty eighth. 
Um, that will be about the New Testament. I'm going to start talking about what that is and Jesus. So we're going to be talking about Jesus himself, which, you know, we should be doing that every day as Christians, but we're going to talk about it in a podcast now. So, yes. Um, after that, uh, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a rundown of what I'm going to be talking about the next couple days or the next couple weeks. Um, so once uh, we're done with the Bible portion, I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to get into denominations. Now, if you don't know what a denomination, yeah, I'm sorry, I cannot talk today. Been a long day. Um, <laughs> a denomination essentially is a different branch of Christianity. Essentially, all the branches you know stemmed in some way, shape, or form from the Catholic Church. And I'm actually going to be starting off for the second episode, uh, the Catholic and Lutheran churches, specifically because Lutheranism is a direct branch off of Catholicism. And they are very, very close together. As my mom and I both say, Lutherans are two rosary beads shy of being Catholic. I mean that, no offense. It's just a way of describing it. Um, after that, I'm going to talk about Protestant denominations in episode three. Give you a rundown on those. Um, fourth episode, I'm going to talk about the Jehovah's Witness. And I'm going to give a little bit of an introduction into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Or the LDS movement. Or if you will, if you want to call them Mormons, uh, that's actually not correct terminology, but I'll get to that. Episode 5 will be specifically about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I know I do have some of those, the missionaries from that church, on my Facebook page. Um, if you want to send me, if you're listening in, and you want to send me a little bit more information about your church after I do some studying, I would greatly appreciate it. And I will definitely try and get more info about it in there. And if it, because the Excuse me, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is very interesting, in my opinion. Um, I would say it's almost as complicated as the Catholic Church, in a sense. Because um, I do see a lot of similarities, but a lot of differences as well. Um, and like I said, I'm not going to be poking fun at any denomination. That is not my goal here. It's just to talk about them. So I'll talk about the Catholic Church in a good light, the Protestant denominations in a good light, the Jehovah's Witness in a good light, and the LDS Church in a good light. My goal is not to shun or say any branch is wrong. That is up for you to decide. I have my opinion on what is right, but my opinion, that's not what this podcast is about. It's about talking about God and talking about a church and all that. I'm not going to force you to choose a specific denomination. If you want my opinion, email me or, you know, text me, something like that. I'll be more than happy to share with you, but I'm not going to do it on here. So, um, yeah, but after that, I don't have anything lined up. Uh, that takes from November 20 or October 28th to November 25th. I have episodes lined up from December 2nd to January 6th, 2021. So if you have any ideas or questions or anything you want to see in an episode, don't be shy to sh to hit me up on it. I'll be more I'd be more than happy to try and answer some questions. Um, once we get a bigger base going, a bigger audience, I would like to actually start going live with it. I think going live would be really cool, but I need to get a bigger base up. So, like I said, you can follow the official Instagram page, my personal Instagram page. I'll have those down in the description. Um. Like I said, if you want to check out what uh, what other websites we're on, I'll have those posted down there as well. And yeah, just 
you know, read your Bible, do what's right, pray often. That's all I have for you guys tonight. So hope you guys have a great week. Hope God blesses you all in any way, shape, or form, whether it be big or small. Any blessing is good. So yeah, thank you all for tuning in, and I will see you next week. Peace out, and God bless.